0: 162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Gary Sanchez strike out a hundred times or seeing Judge hit a bomb, bang. Bogart's making plays, Rafi hitting nukes, or Barnes blowing a save. Arguing with your friend, making dumb bets, or complaining about your team again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Come on, y'all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. Manfred, Gamby and Beal are making a podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Yankee Sox Off podcast. I'm your host one of your hosts, Matthew Beal, alongside Andrew Gambardella. Um, we've got some great news for you guys today. Uh, Gamby, would you like to say anything before I jump right into it? It's not great news for Garrett Cole. <laughs> Garrett Cole is going to be uh, Rafi's son for the next 11 years or however long. <laughs> Uh, Garrett Cole last in the MOB because, I mean, we all know that he's dwindling. Um, Raphael <laughs> Devers has signed an 11-year, $331 million contract to be a Red Sox for life. Um, at 25 years old, I, I don't know if there's a better contract out there. Um, I think he is the biggest uh, – I mean, I, I was going to say pickup, but I guess extension of the offseason, um, I, I think – the most talented player out there who got a contract this offseason, um, including the likes of Judge. Uh, Rafi is just a Yankee killer. Um, Judge hasn't won a World Series. Rafi has won a World Series. Rafi's 25, and Judge is, what, 30? Um, and, I, I mean, the Red Sox are locked into Rafi till he's 36, which, I, I mean – if you look at that dude, he is just primed to be great into his thirties. I, I mean, those stocky fellows like David Ortiz, uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with them. Um, he's just going to be killing the Bronx bombers for years to come and uh, hitting bombs off Garrett Cole, especially. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there is nothing to regret about this contract. I think it's uh, a great deal for both Rafi and the Red Sox. And, I mean, that's that's the foundation. We we asked time to lay foundation. We asked them to make a decision, to pick a path. I mean, I think he's fallen short in some areas, but signing Rafi is a huge, huge relief for us Sox fans. And we don't have to go into twenty twenty three, um, thinking about, you know, who's gonna be on the team next year like we did for Bogarts and Yvaldi and all the guys that were coming up on there last year this year. Um, we can just uh, you know, set up for some relief and know that Rafi's going to be in the Sox uniform for the next 11 spring training. So very excited about that and hope you guys are too. I know Gamby cannot wait for Rafi dingers.
0: Yeah, I can wait. But what I will say is that next year for next year, this team, this off season has gotten worse. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They We're, lost.
1: Not, we're not worried about that. We got Raffy.
0: I'm worried <laughs> you did sign Rafi for the long term at long term and that I think saved Heinblum's Bloom's job for now. Um, but next year it, it is another transition year for the Red Sox, I think, after a season of missing the playoffs and not meeting expectations at all. They could be a surprise team in 23. There's a lot of time left before spring training starts, and and you know you never know what happens with the health of a roster or anything like that. So you could be a surprise team, but your roster doesn't has less depth than it did going into last year, and without Xander Bogarts, there's less pop in the lineup. So I I'm not very worried about next year, but for the long haul, Beal, I am not happy. I'm not happy to see Rafael Devers in a Red Sox uniform for life. You know that. You know this. I think he is an absolute stud. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be hitting bombs for a very long time for the Red Sox. So I I hope you're happy. Yeah, I'm very happy. Um,
1: I mean, if you couldn't tell by the tone of my voice, I am very (laughs) excited. I love Rafi so much. Um, I remember his first home run with the Red Sox. I remember him as a prospect with the Red Sox. Honestly, I mean – He's He's been a guy that I've followed since we signed him out of uh, the Dominican and just kind of watched him grow as a player, uh, watched him grow into an above-average defensive player last year, which, I mean, most of the people out there were not expecting me to be able to say that at the end of the year. But um, considering the strides that he's made on the defensive side of the ball um, and the fact that his offense has never dwindled, I mean, he's – He's the type of guy that you just don't even really look for slumps out of. He kind of is just consistent all year long, um, and hits absolute nukes. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's not really a whole lot of uh, negative ways to, to look at this contract. Um, getting it done, like you said, is huge on Heim's con- Heim's uh, contract on Heim's resume it was probably the most important thing that they were trying to get done this offseason. Everyone will tell you that it was Xander. Um, And, you know, arguments can be made as to should it have been Xander? Uh, But honestly, if I'm looking at the Red Sox front office and you've got two guys uh, that are reaching the market this year and next year, you want to sign the one that is younger and has, you know, more potential. Xander's definitely the more lead figure, maybe captain figure of the team. And it sucks to see him go, but I mean, the Red Sox were able to retain talent and that's something we haven't done uh, since Mookie left, uh, since John Lester left and free agency. Uh, there's been a ton of scenarios where the Red Sox have almost felt like they've cheaped out or gone with other options. And so I'm just happy that we were able to keep our homegrown player and keep the talent on our roster. All that development and all that work by the hidden coaches team, David Ortiz, guys who have helped Rocky along the way. Uh, It's just, I mean, that investment has paid off. So, yeah, I mean, you got to keep them. And they did.
0: Yeah. uh, Once again, congratulations. And Thank thank you. Still a long way off from March and April and spring training, but. Uh, we can't wait for baseball season, but before baseball season, right now, we still have March Madness to look forward to, and even before that, we had college football. Now, the college football season ends with with a dud last night with Georgia defeating TCU sixty five to seven. I tuned out of this game mid second quarter. It, I saw the wheels falling off for TCU. Hell of a hell of a run. Could have been a Cinderella story, but like a lot of other Cinderella stories, they fall just short of, of making the shoe fit and uh, and raising that uh, trophy. So hats off to the Georgia Bulldogs and Kirby Smart and Stetson Bennett, who is probably the most decorated college football player of all time when it comes to, to championships. And I, I think he's been player of the game in – three college football playoff games, three or four college football playoff games, which is something to be said for for a player that was initially a walk-on, who the Georgia coaching staff told told them he wasn't good enough to to be a starter for Georgia ever. Yet he's led them to back-to-back national championships. And you know what more could be said? They should make a movie about this guy Beal.
1: I mean I guess I guess so it's it's painful to see uh, a Georgia player succeed like this because you know I want it to be South Carolina I, I want you know us to be at the top of the SEC right now but yeah it's hard to deny the talent from Stetson Bennett and I mean such a great story so um hats off to him and I, I just I really really hope that uh Gunner Stockton does not have a similar season next year because then I'll be really, really upset that it's not South Carolina um, considering that he was originally committed to play at South Carolina. So, um, I don't know. I I always find myself rooting against Georgia because I feel like a lot of the players there, I mean, we're just a couple steps away from drawing them towards our program. So, um, it kind of sucks. Uh, We've, you know, Stolen a game recently against Georgia, but can't seem to uh, get to that level that they're at. And so I'm, I'm definitely a little bit jealous, but um, glad to see uh, Stetson Bennett and those guys sober at the green. Um, you know, they worked hard to get there. So it is what it is. You got to give them the credit.
0: Yeah, give credit where credit is due. This is the first team to go back-to-back back since Alabama did it in 2011-2012. I mean, it's it's the new wagon. It's the new top-tier team every year now. You you have to expect them to at least they're, – they're a bookend for the college football playoff. They will be at the SEC championship game, and if they aren't, it's like the world is – is falling and the sky is falling and everything is collapsing. If, if, if they don't perform that way at this point, but hats off to Kirby smart hats off to, to Georgia, but I, I can't wait for us to uh, get another upset of, of the bulldogs. Like we did a couple years back, go Cox. And uh, we can't wait for next year at college football. Um, did, I mean, you projected Georgia to win when we, we were talking about this last week. I, I think. And yeah. I, I went a different route and I said, TCU would beat Georgia after beating Michigan. You know, I got one half of the equation, right. But, uh, definitely got the final very, very wrong. I, uh, I fell in love with the Horn frogs and I, I tend to fall in love with Cinderella's. So it, uh, can't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It just, it, they moved me. They moved me. Yeah. They played with a lot of heart and, uh, didn't come out, come out on the, uh, yeah, it it didn't come on the, uh, right end for them come out on the right end for them. Or, you know, some may say that, uh, they might, they might have never found, um, the right wearer of the shoe, but you know, as Cinderella's are, I have no idea what the hell I'm saying right now. I haven't watched Cinderella in a long, long time, but it's, it's about like a slipper, right? there's yeah she loses a slipper all right last slipper yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. all right I I did my best at that maybe that uh, yeah I I never
1: uh, you know I mean this is a bit of a tangent but I never understood the Cinderella story and I mean maybe it's just because it's been a while since I've seen it but the story is that like you know she has this uh godmother who is a uh a fairy or has some magic and gives her this cool dress and glass slippers and makes her all pretty and she goes to the ball in this carriage and meets uh this prince and it's the man of her dreams and then they dance and and then it strikes the clock strikes 12 and at that time all of the magic goes away so she loses the fancy dress and the carriage and and her slippers and And all that, and as she's running away because she doesn't want to, you know, him to see that she really doesn't like, you know, I I guess her normal clothes are a little bit more raggedy because she's a servant to her stepmother and all that. Uh, She doesn't want him to see her like that. So she runs away, loses her glass slipper, and then after she runs out of the castle, loses the rest of her like fancy clothes and stuff like that. The thing I never understood was. Uh, the prince found her because the glass slipper fit her foot. But how is the glass slipper still there if the magic went away? Oh, yeah. So
0: is that's and I've that, that, that is that should be one of the seven wonders of the world, because, yeah, that makes that makes no sense because everything else goes poof. Yeah. Um, but the glass slipper remains. But maybe that's because it found true love and true love yeah. conquers all. As we have been told time and time again, Disney does a great job at portraying this. And, uh, yeah, you know, the magic of true love stays, whereas, you know, the, the, you know, fairy dust magic fades away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: I think that makes sense.
0: Right, right. That's what I'd go with. That's what I would say to defend Cinderella. On the other hand, as a as a logical human being, I would say that the glass slipper should have faded away. And I mean the prince has so many they have so many people working for them. So right. they could have just called on the dogs and, and ser- you know like a search and destroy mission, you know, except without the destroy. So right. they they could have found her, but it yeah. would have been a lot less romantic and uh I don't think they could have made nearly as good of a movie. So right, the, the slipper had to remain. Yeah, so
1: there you go, TCU. Uh that is the um you know Ooh. what you're trying to achieve. Um, but yeah, I guess the glass slipper, as you said, did not fit.
0: Or yeah, or for TCU, the glass slipper just faded away and yeah. it wasn't meant to be. I, yeah, probably did. That's yeah, what. as you said. But moving on from Disney movies, um, princesses, and college football playoff, it's now the NFL playoffs, and it's our last bastion of hope to hold on to for the football season. It's been a phenomenal football season yet again. I love watching NFL football every Sunday. There's nothing like Red Zone, and there's, there's nothing like the, the show that NFL football has, has put on yet again this year. And the playoffs are very, very exciting, especially in the AFC. We have the Chiefs on a bye this week as the one seed. We have the Bills as the two seed, led by Josh Allen. The Bengals as the three with Joe Burrow. The four seed Jaguars, out of nowhere, finished the season winning five straight, I think it was, four or five straight to win the division in the AFC South as the 4 seed, they host the Chargers led by Justin Herbert. Then Lamar Jackson could be back for the Ravens to play the Bengals yet again, who they just played last week in a huge rivalry game. And then you have the 7-seeded Dolphins kind of backing into the playoffs with with the concussion problems of of Tua Ta- Tua, T- Tua Tagovailoa. So I don't know if he's gonna play or not, but what I found interesting was Beale, Patrick Mahomes is the oldest starting quarterback out of any of the quarterbacks in the AFC, which is wild because he is 27 years old. Yeah. That's so weird to think about. Right? I I, I just saw that today and I was like, what there's no way. But Josh Allen, 26, Joe Burrow, 26, Herbert, 25, Trevor Lawrence, 23. Lamar 25 and then Tua, I think is 26. So it, it it's it's pretty crazy to me. And uh I can't wait for these games. But Beal, before we break down every single game that's gonna happen this week and, and go matchup by matchup, right now with the playoffs starting, uh who is what is your Super Bowl matchup and who do you have winning the Super Bowl? before the playoffs start um oh man uh, honestly
1: I haven't really thought about this at, at least that far through
0: um I mean I feel like we can start with matchup to matchup in yeah, both both I, conferences and maybe that that gives you a little feel into who you want for your Super Bowl picks i I think I'm willing to call it Oh, call it then. Um,
1: I've got the Bills from the AFC. Okay, uh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Yes, team is just unstoppable. Defense is great. I, I don't really need to say much about the Bills. I think a lot of people have them as their go-to for the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, in the NFC, that's that's where I I don't know I. I feel like it's wide open. It is wide open, and I don't know. I'm. I really don't. So, if I'm being completely honest with you, all.
0: Yes. All right. All right. So you have Bills, Eagles. Who do you have winning that game?
1: The Bills. Okay. Pick the Eagles to win the Super Bowl.
0: Yes. Thank you. All right. So you have the Bills and Eagles. I do not have either of those teams. I don't think either of those teams are going to make it. I think the bills losing Von Miller was huge a couple weeks back for them and their offense has not looked great down the stretch. What I will say is their special teams looks incredible and I will be rooting for the bills because besides the giants, of course, our New York football giants, but I'm taking, I really want to take the bills now too, but, uh, You've made a very compelling argument, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the one seed. They didn't. They didn't close the job last year after getting booted from the playoffs by Joe Burrow. But it, they won't have to play Joe Burrow and the Bengals or Josh Allen and the Bills until the AFC Championship game. So I think coming out of a bye, the Chiefs are going to beat whoever they have to match up with probably maybe Chiefs Chargers and AFC West showdown and the Chargers are great. Um, but the Chargers always find a way to charger things up. So I like the Chiefs just because they have more rest. And I still think Patrick Mahomes is incredible. And then I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Niners. I think. I like it. Brock That's- Purdy And uh, you know, a lot of people be have been calling him big cock Brock. uh yeah bcb and you know he replaced jimmy g only five six weeks ago jimmy g was having a great season with the niners but brock purdy has not lost as a starter he he is playing with with a confidence i haven't seen in a rookie let alone mr irrelevant from this past year the last pick of the draft in the seventh round he's playing with fire and he's playing with nothing to lose which is exactly what he should be doing and this Niners team besides the question at quarterback besides the fact that he's very young and you don't know how he's going to perform in the playoffs the rest of this roster is incredible the defense with Joe with uh, Nick Bosa Fred Werner they got and Traverius Ward on the outside they have studs everywhere on defense offense great George Kittle uh, you have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, they're just loaded with weapons and a great offensive line headed by Trent Williams. So I love the Niners. I, I just, their matchup with the Seahawks in the first round, I think should be a breeze for them at home. I think they match up very well. I think the Seahawks have been fading. And uh, I think the only team that could give the Niners any trouble would be our New York football giants in the NFC championship game.
1: I sure hope so I mean I uh, so I was gonna say uh, the 49ers was the other team that was going back and forth between um them and the Eagles the reason why I chose the Eagles was that quarterback situation I mean I not that either quarterback is experienced but obviously Jalen has a little bit more experience but just being able to get Christian McCaffrey in there and Uh, I'm not sure what Debo status is right now, but their offense has just been incredible this year. And and Christian McCaffrey, I I mean, like, arguably this is one of his best years, um, because he's stayed out on the field for the second half and, um, and has had some really big games. And I know people are talking about him as a snub for the Pro Bowl. Not that the Pro Bowl really means a whole lot to most people anymore, but, um, Absolutely nothing. They're playing flag football now. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's not that important, but the fact that he was, you know, not on the Pro Bowl roster is absolute insanity. Uh, Yeah, Christian McCaffrey deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. Um, I I believe uh, Miles Sanders was picked over him for the Pro Bowl. So I I think he's got a bone to pick with the league, especially inside of the NFC. Um, I hope that he doesn't. Uh, pick on the Giants too much if we do meet up with them later on in the postseason, uh, because of Saquon being picked over him. But um, I don't know. I, I think Saquon's a Pro Bowler no matter what. But I I do think that Christian McCaffrey is gonna want to beat up on some of the other NFC running backs because he should have been picked for the Pro Bowl.
0: Yeah, he's he is the best running. Like Saquon is probably the best runner. But what? Yeah. McCaffrey can do passing uh receiving the ball out of the backfield is unlike anything we've ever seen out of out of a running back so and what he's been able to do on two separate teams this year has been otherworldly really so he should have a huge chip on his shoulder and what more what more motivation do the Niners need so I think that motivation the Niners will get revenge Kyle Shanahan We'll get revenge on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I think the Niners take down the Chiefs in a rematch of the 2018 Super Bowl. So, or was it 2019? It, it was the Super Bowl three or four years ago, but yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it was one of those. Yeah. I think it was 2019 <laughs> now that I'm thinking of it. But yes. uh, yeah, that's my Super Bowl prediction. But for this week, focusing... Game to game, we already mentioned some of the AFC teams. We'll start there. The two seeded Buffalo Bills are at home against a division rival in the Miami Dolphins with Tua, very the quarterback for the Dolphins, questionable in this game. Beal, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Um,
1: who are the Dolphins playing? What do you say? The Bills. the Bills, the Bills. <laughs> I it's mean, a division I matchup the <laughs> in
0: Buffalo. Yeah, you took the Bills to win it all, so obviously you have the Bills. Sorry,
1: well, I I, to... I apologize. I dazed for a second, no, but yeah, I'm, I'm with that. the Bills. But I I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a close game. The Dolphins are kind of that rising team. That uh, I mean, I don't know. It's on one hand, they're rising because yeah, they've got a young quarterback, a pretty young defense. Uh, On another, they've got some veterans on their team, obviously Tyree kill and um, Jalen Waddle who have uh, just kind of taken, I wouldn't say taken the reins of the offense, but um, they've taken the workload of the offense and really developed and developed that team into a rising superpower. uh, Almost like what we saw from the bills a couple of years ago. So, I, I like the Dolphins a lot. I think they definitely have the firepower to keep up with the Bills, but I think overall the Bills are just a more experienced team and a little bit better of a team than the Dolphins are at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the, the momentum-wise, too, Dolphins have been fading, and the Bills playing for Damar Hamlin, who is now released from the hospital and I think making his way back with the team, um, after that horrific injury and yeah, truly just shaking, shaking scene. And, uh, it's, it's making me also want to go get CPR certified too, uh, cause you know, you never know what happens in your everyday life. Um, but I was a while back, um, when I went to, I think I, I went to a fire. No, I went to a police academy as a, like a two week course. Back in high school, and I learned how to do it there. But uh, yeah, I think you have to—you definitely have to keep up with your certification. And I am definitely not CPR certified right now. But yeah, I'm taking the Bills in that matchup, and moving on to the three-seeded Cincinnati Bengals in another division matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, who just played last week. It reports from Baltimore is that Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, should be able to play in this game. Does that change anything with you, or do you think the Bengals win again in this matchup deal?
1: Um, I think the Bengals win again. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. With Lamar coming back from injury and after having been out for what six or seven weeks now, I just I think the Ravens are going to be a little bit rusty. Um, I,
0: I've got the Bengals. All right, that uh, that makes sense, but. Yeah. I don't I don't have the Bengals yeah. because they just played last week. These two teams don't like each other at all. You saw, I watched the game this game, this game this past weekend. I and did the, Ra- the Ravens had a, had a third string quarterback. It was an ugly game for the Ravens, but they never gave up and they gave the Bengals a little run for their money in the second half. And I think th- throughout that game, the Ravens dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They dominated the line of scrimmage. Now, Joe Burrow, if he has to match up now against Lamar Jackson, that brings a factor into this game that is that was not seen last week for this Bengals defense who has been banged up. And the Bengals offensive line, they lost their right tackle for the season. They lost their right guard in this Week 18 game. So that whole right side of the offensive line not looking pretty. And you know in the playoffs it's all about how is your quarterback playing and can you rush the passer? That's pretty much what it comes down to. Do you have a game record on defense? And I, I think the Ravens do with, with the likes of Roquan Smith, Patrick queen in the middle, then you have Marlon Humphrey. They have, they have big name players all over this defense and Calais Campbell up front who can block any field goal. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I think the Ravens come up with an upset in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I, I see where he' comes from.
1: I'm sticking with the the Bengals, but uh, but yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be a good matchup. Yeah,
0: it should be. I'm excited to watch all of these games this weekend. And looking at the last matchup in the AFC before we get to the NFC, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting a playoff game. One year after having Urban Meyer coach their team, get fired midseason, all of that controversy, them only winning one game, them having the number one pick to now. They're in the playoffs. Nobody saw this coming. I don't think anybody saw this coming even five weeks ago when they went on a tear to finish the season. But they're one of the hottest teams in football playing the five-seeded Los Angeles Chargers, who are also one of the hottest teams in football. Beal, where are you going in this matchup?
1: Well, I'm going with the L.A. Chargers. Uh, I believe in Justin Herbert. Uh, I believe in that team as a whole. Um, And I hate Trevor Lawrence, so, yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm glad your bias is definitely coming into play and you're not one to shy away from it. Right. This is Definitely the not. the Saturday night game. And the, the Jaguars have been playing a lot of night games recently. This will be this will be back-to-back Saturday night games after they, they basically played a playoff game against the Titans last week at home. They struggled to win that one, needed a defensive touchdown late to get it. And I don't think they that magic strikes twice. I I am also in the same boat with you in that uh, Trevor Lawrence is not my favorite quarterback in the league. Not even close. Clemson is
1: the is, worst.
0: Yeah. It's just it's a shame. It's a shame what, what they are as a, uh, as an institution, but yeah. no, I, I'm, I'm just kidding about that, but nope, I am not you know. kidding about Justin Herbert putting up 30 to 40 points on this Jags defense. The defense is, the Jacksonville defense has been solid of late, but it's it's hit hit and miss, and I think they can get exposed for 30 points against the likes of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler on that Chargers team. So I'm taking the Chargers as well. Going to the NFC now, this will go with the, the first NFC game to be played, and this is the two-seeded San Francisco 49ers versus the seven-seeded Seattle Seahawks, who needed an overtime field goal against the Rams in Week 18 to get into the playoffs. Beal, this is the first game of the entire playoff schedule, Saturday at 4.30. Who do you have winning this game? Uh, I want you to go first. I'm right. still developing yeah. my feelings. All right, I, I can go first for the – for the NFC, as you did, you went first to the AFC. Obviously I'm taking the Niners. I have them winning it all. So I think the Niners are going to, and the fact that they put this as the first playoff game only tells me more of what I want to know. Cause those first games or that one o'clock game on Sunday are the games they feel like will be the least entertaining because they will not have the best ratings for those games because they are not on prime time. So I think the Niners are going to win this game by double digits, and it, it they'll keep Seattle at an arm's length the entire game, and I don't, I don't see any other possibility. It, it's like Georgia playing TCU the other day in this game.
1: Yeah, well, um, you know, I wanted you to go first uh, to, you know, take your team that you had picked. Uh, This is a team that I also said I felt very confident in and would make it far. However, uh, they're playing one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC this year. (laughs) He is a pro bowler quarterback. Oh, my God, Geno Smith. And if I knew his middle name, I would have said it there. Um, Geno Smith has been dialed in this year, uh, throwing to his go-tos, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf not sure about the injury report there because i know that both of them have had their uh issues recently but um i i mean I, earlier i said when i was making my super bowl predictions i was not going to factor in bias and it clearly was um not factored in because I thought the Eagles would make it to the Super Bowl and never, you know, would I pick the Eagles for the Super Bowl if there was any bias included. But I made a decision when I was picking these games that this was the time to factor in my own biases. Um, And for this game, I, you know, I, I'm seeing an upset. I, I think that Geno Smith can overcome the recent surge that Brock Purdy has seen um, like you said, he's a young quarterback. You don't really know what to expect uh, with a young quarterback in the postseason. Gino Smith has uh, played lots of football seasons before. Uh, whether he's been successful in them or not, I uh, I don't really care. Uh, he's been successful this year, um, and I I trust in Gino.
0: All right. You just made a statement earlier that the pro bowl is a joke when talking about Christian McCaffrey. Gino is a pro bowler. All right. But what does that really mean (laughs) when Tony Pollard and Miles Sanders are pro bowlers over Christian McCaffrey? It means squat. Who cares? Gino has been, has been, it's been a revelation this season and I'm happy for Gino Smith. He, you know, he seems like the, uh, consummate pro at this point he seems like he's got a a pretty good head on his shoulders after after when he was on the jets he got punched by a teammate if you don't remember that happening just you know five six years ago now that that wasn't that long ago but he's come a long way and uh i i don't see them winning this game their defense is okay their offense is okay i but this Niners team is better pretty much at every position on the field. Like I I think they're better at literally every single position. I would really have to think deeply about a position that they weren't better at Um, maybe like free safety or something like that. Quandre Diggs is pretty good for Seattle, but you can make, you could definitely make an argument. Gino is better than Brock Purdy, but I don't think by much. So yeah, I mean, no the Niners all day I cannot believe you're taking the Seahawks <laughs> I I wish we had something riding on this game because I would I would love to be in just the Niners just mode. putting
1: it out there I'm not putting any money on the Seahawks over <laughs> the
0: Niners I'm glad you're putting putting that out there uh putting yeah. that uh yeah per PSA out there public service announcement but uh Up next, we have the three-seeded Minnesota Vikings taking on the New York Giants in Minnesota. We saw this a few weeks back on Christmas Eve. This game was played, same thing, Minnesota at home, but it was a 1 o'clock game. This time it's a 4.30 game. And we know that Kirk Cousins only does not play well on any time slot other than the one o'clock time slot. So when I saw this game scheduled at 4:30, I I let out a, a big breath because it was if it was going to be the one o'clock game on Sunday, I would have been nervous. I am no longer nervous. The Giants will get revenge on the Vikings. I think honestly out of the whole NFC, I think the Giants, out of the seven teams remaining are probably the fifth best team. And I think the Vikings are the sixth best team. And I think we will show that this weekend. I'm Justin Jefferson is incredible. We don't have a player. We don't have a, a player that's that talented on our roster. But what we do have is Brian Dable to lead this team through the tunnel and Saquon Barkley to run with a fire under his ass and uh, and Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard Williams, and Aziz Ojalare to come after the quarterback and and come after Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, I, I'm confident that the Giants have a very good chance to win this game. I'm confident that this will be a close game and a great game to watch. And I will be, my dreams will be crushed if the Giants don't win this game.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm, I'm feeling very confident. I wanted the Minnesota matchup. Uh, I think the Giants have a really good shot at it. And I mean, if Daniel Jones keeps playing the way that he has been, uh, I'm all in. I, I think we got it.
0: Yeah. All right. That's keep it short and sweet. I love it. Now, yes. to the last matchup and the last game of this slate for the wild card round. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home Monday night against Dallas Cowboys. Beal, Tom Brady in his career has never lost to the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm not going to project that it'll start now. Tampa Bay has closed the season well. Dallas has not. Dallas always finds a way to disappoint in, in the playoffs ever since the 1980s and 90s, so – I'm taking the GOAT, Tom Brady, and Tampa Bay to to defeat the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night.
1: Same. I'm with you. Tom Brady, all the way.
0: All right. Well, that does it for us. Thank you again for tuning in. As always, we love you guys. Enjoy your your brunches, your lunners. We love our food. I love to cook. I love to eat. Beal's about to go – well, I'm about to go cook too – but uh,
1: cook up a storm.
0: Yeah, enjoy your sunsets and your sunrises, and uh, we'll be back next week to recap the wild card weekend and talk about our predictions for the divisional round. And maybe there'll be some other sports news before them, but it'll probably just be all about NFL football next week. Thank you guys again. We love y'all, and Beal as always. Take us out. Rafi bombs. Go giants.